Ross FM 94.6 Broadcasting around the world on the World Wide Web Listen in online at rossfm.ie Tune in to Note Self on Ross FM 94.6, presented by Adam O'Dwyer. Note Self is on the airways every Friday between 10 and 11 a.m. Tune in on rossfm.ie forward slash live. That's Note Self, presented by Adam O'Dwyer, on the airways every Friday between 10 and 11 a.m. Only on Ross FM 94.6. Good morning and happy Friday. Another cold November week is behind us and it's time to get ready for the weekend. You're listening to Note to Self on the airways every Friday morning on Ross FM. My name is Adam O'Dwyer and I'll be with you for the next hour. Last week we saw protests outside Leinster House in the hopes of securing legal protection for surrogate families. It'll likely be a while before we get any sort of update on the progress of that proposed bill, but during the week a Californian couple held a press conference where they announced a lawsuit against the IVF clinic they'd used after discovering the baby they'd been raising for three months was not their own, and that another family had given birth to their child. It might sound like the plot of a movie, but it's not. Hollywood movies struggle to perform at the post-pandemic box office, but can Disney succeed where others have failed? All this and more coming up, but first let's start the hour off with some music. This is Paramore with Hate to See Your Heartbreak.
was Paramore with Hate to See Your Heartbreak. You're listening to Note to Self on Ross FM. You can listen to Ross FM live from anywhere. Just check out the website and click Listen Live. You can find me on the air from 10 every Friday morning. And on last week's show, we looked at the protests outside Leinster House with families hoping to get more security around the legal rights for children born through assisted human reproduction. If you did miss last week's show, or if you just need a refresher, at present in Ireland, children born through surrogacy don't have any legal relationship with their mothers, even if it was her DNA that was used to conceive the child. When the child is two years old, the mother can apply for guardianship, but in order to do so, she would need to get permission from the child's father. And guardianship doesn't offer the same legal rights as being a parent, and the legal relationship between the child and the guardian is effectively severed at 18. So the child then wouldn't be entitled to any inheritance or gift tax allowance for the mother or even for grandparents on that side of the family. It is a really difficult situation and protesters were also very concerned that international surrogacy would be left off the proposed bill. Uh, We will have to wait for an update, but earlier in the week in Los Angeles, a couple announced in a press conference that they had filed a lawsuit against the IVF clinic for mixing up their embryos with those of another family. In late 2019, Davna Cardinal gave birth to a little girl. While they didn't need a surrogate to carry the baby, the couple had used IVF in order to conceive the child. When the baby was born, both Davna and her husband Alexander were immediately suspicious due to the baby's complexion being a little bit darker than either of its parents, but the couple did trust the clinic and the doctors so they pushed their doubts to one side at first, and it wasn't until months later when a DNA test revealed the heartbreaking truth. The room like shrank and um, I, I got like really dizzy and, and everything just went numb. I kind of stayed in that place for a long time. I think we were hoping if at least one of us was was genetically related to her, then we could keep her. But I think the biggest fear in all of this is like, am I going to lose my baby? (laughs) Am I going to lose my baby? And so... You want a baby for like so long. You go through so much to ha- to make her, and so much to carry her because the pregnancy was tough. And birth her, and you have her, and then she's there, and she's perfect. And that kind of morphed over the next period of time to this panic all the time that someone was going to literally knock on our door and take her away and say, oh, that's my baby. I was in the kitchen alone and I looked down at my phone and it says, this is a picture that the other family sent. And it was this beautiful little blonde baby and it said they, they, um, they call her Zoe. That got me. I don't know, just made it real that I had a that I had a little baby girl out there named Zoe that I didn't even know. They didn't even know she existed until that moment. She's three months old. 
But I looked at her and I was so aware that I just don't know her. I didn't know her at all. So I remember thinking, I was like, who are you? I don't know you. Which is a heartbreaking thing to think of your own daughter. Like, I don't know you. Who are you? Excuse me. After three months of raising each other's daughters, the babies were switched in early 2020. Obviously, you can hear from the clips that this was an excruciatingly difficult thing for the parents to do after giving birth to and raising the child for the, per for the first part of its life. The couple have expressed that the hardest part was trying to explain what was happening to their older daughter, who was five at the time. The moment I met Zoe for the first time, she was so big. She's so big already. <laughs> she was so big. She was um, like four months old. Almost four months old. We missed all. We missed everything. We missed like the whole newborn phase. We missed with her. We missed the whole pregnancy. Mm -hmm. I was losing a baby at the same time that I was getting. So there's grief in them. And so then you start, your heart starts breaking for their family at the same time. Because at the same time, everyone's gaining a child, but everyone's losing <sighs> a child at the same time. We had a five-year-old girl. It was the hardest thing in the world to have to tell Olivia, oh our older daughter. God. Like, out of all of this, that's still the biggest trauma for me, is having it to... continues to be the biggest, the biggest trauma. To have to explain to a five-year-old that the child, the, the sister that they've imprinted on in love and it's their sister is not their sister. I mean, she retreated a little bit from us. And to that point, we were all like kind of all just, we were all just kind of like, she was our best bud, right? And um, we were very close and she stopped wanting to hug and she doesn't let us hug her or kiss her anymore. She kind of has retreated a little bit. And um, try so hard to help her and to, and to um, give her the support that she needs. But this has ultimately affected her in a, in a profound way that I can't, I can't verbalize. The clips that you've just heard were released by the couple's legal representation. In an effort to make things easier on both families, they have decided to try to stay in one another's lives and forge a larger family. The lawsuit was filed on Monday and accuses the California Center for Reproductive Health and its owner, Dr. Ilrin Moore, of medical malpractice, breach of contract, negligence and fraud. It demands a jury trial and an unspecified amount of damages to be paid. While the Cardinals have opted to speak publicly about the lawsuit, the other couple have chosen to remain anonymous at this time. However, they are also planning on filing a similar lawsuit against the fertility clinic. This is actually not the first case of its kind. Back in 2019, a couple from Glendale in California sued a different fertility clinic claiming that their embryo had mistakenly been implanted in a woman based in New York. The birth mother, who was of Asian descent, reportedly gave birth to two babies, neither of which were Asian, nor were they even related to one another. 
the birth parents initially attempted to claim parental rights, but eventually the children were given to their biological parents. The Asian couple were naturally devastated to lose the children and did sue the CHA fertility clinic for the mix-up. I have to say it must be a big fear for anyone going through IVF and hopefully all of the families involved were able to find some sort of peace. You're listening to Note to Self on Ross FM. I'm going to play you a song now. This is Just Give Me a Reason by Pink. From the start, you were a thief, you stole my heart, and I, your willing victim. I let you see the parts of me that weren't all that pretty, and with every touch, you fixed them. Now you've been talking in your sleep, oh, oh, things you never say to
You're listening to Ross FM. I'm Adam O'Dwyer, and this is Note to Self. The effects of the pandemic are far from over, but at the moment the restrictions have lifted and people are safe to return to pubs, clubs, and arguably the most important of all, the cinema. A few weeks ago, after going to the press screening for Disney Marvel's latest blockbuster Eternals, I spoke about it on the show. Despite being a big Marvel fan, I had a lot of problems with the film and I let those feelings be known. One thing I did praise about the movie though was the characters themselves. For the most part, each of them could easily be someone's favourite, so that and the amazing visuals that people have come to expect from Oscar winning director Chloe Zhao alone might entice people to give the movie a chance, even considering it is the lowest rated Marvel movie since The Incredible Hulk. Now that it is finally in theatres, let's have a look at how Eternals is doing at the box office. Eternals brought in 71 million in the domestic box office for its opening weekend. That might sound like a lot, but that's actually the lowest of the three Marvel movies that have been released during the pandemic. So far, Black Widow is still the highest, with a domestic opening weekend total of 80.3 million. And that movie had the excuse of being released on Disney Plus the same day as it was released in the cinemas. To put things into perspective, Eternals was projected to make a 100 million domestic opening weekend, but on top of that, it did bring in 161.7 million worldwide, which is actually pretty good. It's the biggest global debut since Fast and Furious 9. One thing that might hinder the film's box office performance though is that it won't release in China. The Chinese government generally will only allow a certain amount of international movies to be released in China every year, and in the past Marvel movies would premiere in China about a week prior to their US release, so it's unlikely that it will come out now. There are rumours that this is due to the pearl word of mouth or even the same-sex romance which is shown in the movie. However, it should be pointed out that neither of Marvel's two latest films, Shang-Chi and Black Widow, were released for Chinese audiences. Now, I don't generally report on the box office performance of movies on the show, but one of the main reasons why I wanted to report on this movie, a movie that I had so many problems with, was a headline that I seen last week that said the movie had been banned in three countries over a same-sex kiss. A lot of people probably don't realise this, but sometimes movie studios will edit out homosexual scenes for international releases only, so that the film will release in countries where they are intolerant to the LGBTQ community. And these same studios try to get praise for being inclusive, but then abandon this in order to make more money. In this instance, Marvel has stood by the decision to include a gay character in the film. And as I said in the review, the character's sexuality is not a main part of the film. He's just a hero who has a family and his partner in that happens to be another man. There's no song and dance around it, it isn't rubbed in anyone's face, it's just normal. Actress Angelina Jolie, who stars in the film, spoke about it during a roundtable interview where she said, How anybody is angry about it, threatened by it, doesn't approve or appreciate it, is ignorant. I am proud of Marvel for refusing to cut those scenes out. I still don't understand how we live in a world today where there's still people who would not see the family Faustus has and the beauty of that relationship and that love. In case you are still on the fence about whether or not to see Eternals in cinemas, here is a clip from the movie to help you decide. 
Five years ago, Thanos erased half of the population of the universe. But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. How long do we have? Seven days. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos? Or any war, all the other terrible things throughout history? instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. By who? We need to find the others. I haven't seen some of them for centuries. Hi. Hello. This is what the end of the world looks like. We have front row seats. You know what's never saved the planet? Your sarcasm. We've loved these people since the day we arrived. When you love something, you protect it. This even made of vibranium. Fall collection. IKEA. I've had a look online and it's tough to say this, but so many people on the internet have tore into the movie complaining about the inclusion of a same-sex relationship and saying that Marvel got what they deserve by pandering to the LGBTQ community. That's a big topic to dive into and it's actually time to take a break but stick around because when we come back I'm going to have a look at the long and slow history of representation in cinema. You're listening to Note to Self on Ross FM. I'm Adam O'Dwyer and we'll be back after this. Revolution Laundry, the self-service 18kg Revolution Laundry machine can wash and dry your bedding, curtains, outdoor furniture, throws, car covers or mats for as little as 10 euro. We are located all across Ireland in mainly large supermarkets and foreports. Find your nearest Revolution Laundry machine on our website www.revolutionlaundry.ie Don't miss out on our Facebook giveaway to win a week worth of free washing. Revolution Laundry is partnered with Tesco, Circle K, Supervalue, Apple Green and independent sites. 
Our machines are for domestic use only. This product is for over 18 existing adult smokers and vapors only as it contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive substance. Nordic spirit is all around us because we are always ready for action, which is why we enjoy Nordic spirit nicotine pouches. With no smoke, no vapor and no tobacco, they are ready when we are. For adventure or chill time, for day or night, for whenever you want to make a good moment great. Nordic Spirit, in smooth mint or berry citrus. It's the Nordic way to enjoy nicotine. Follow us on Instagram at nordicspirit underscore ie. Are you home improving this year? Tracy Decor is a leading supplier of top best quality brands in Ustaman Town and beyond. We pride ourselves in both our customer service and product offering, which range from all things paint to one of the largest wallpaper ranges in the west of Ireland. We are major sockets of the leading paint manufacturers in Europe and the UK. These include Colour Trend, Dulux, Fleetwood, Crown, French Chic, and many more. Why not call in and speak to a member of our team today for more information? That's at Tracy Decor Rostami. Circle K, convenience store offering a wide variety of products for people on the go. If you're looking for a great cup of coffee, a cold beverage, or fresh food on the go, then why not stop off at Casey's Circle K? Roscommon, we have premium quality fuels and excellent car washes. So for all your customer needs, pop in to Circle K every day. If you're a local group or club, Roscommon PPN is there to help you. If you are a member of a local group or club that wants to join others in working for the well-being of the people of County Roscommon, then joining Roscommon Public Participation Network can help you through sharing information, capacity building, communicating effectively with the County Council and influencing local government policy and services. Your group can join the 320 others already registered. For more information or to join, log on to www.roscommonppn.ie or call 090-66-66735. This is Martina Dockery from the Mixed Bag Music Show. I'm just dropping by to let you know about an exciting opportunity to advertise on Ross FM 94.6 and on our website, rossfm.ie. Have your ad on the air this week and remind Roscommon that you are open for business. Take advantage of our competitive rates and submit your application today at rossfm.ie forward slash advertise. So do it today. We're waiting to hear from you. Ross FM supporting local business.
that day you fell out of my window. I saw you, you came jumping out after me. Well, you fell on the concrete and nearly broke your ass, and you were bleeding all over the place, and I brushed you off in the hospital. You remember that? Yes, I do. Well, there's something I never told you about that night. What did you tell me? While you were sitting in the back seat smoking a cigarette you thought was going to be your last, I was falling deep, deep.
welcome back. I'm Adam O'Dwyer and this is Note to Self. You can find me on Ross FM Friday mornings from 10am or listen whenever you'd like by downloading the podcast version from Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public or Breaker. In case you're just tuning in, just before the break we spoke about the hate that the latest Marvel movie Eternals has received online for portraying a same-sex couple. Before I go any further, I want to make one thing very clear. I'm not implying that there are not people out there that have legitimate issues with the film. In fact, I'm far from the movie's biggest supporter, having expressed my own problems with it on the show a couple of weeks ago. However, there is a very vocal cohort of people who can't seem to see including LGBT characters as anything more than pandering, and it got me interested in the long journey the LGBT community has had to get to the point where there is representation on screen. The most obvious place to start is the fact that portraying homosexuality on screen was prohibited from 1930 to 1968 because of the Hollywood Production Code. Commonly referred to as the Hayes Code, the aim was to keep morality in cinema, and fun fact, it was also the reason why men and women were not allowed to be shown in the same bed. Under the Hayes Code, homosexuality was considered as a depiction of sexual pervasion. When the code was dropped, things like nudity and violence quickly became common in film, while same-sex relationships or transgender characters remained taboo. Slowly, it became okay to hint and suggest that a character may not be straight, but it wasn't openly portrayed on screen, and when it finally started to, those characters were generally killed off or revealed to be a villain. The gay character being killed off is something that is still very common to this day, and there is a well-known trope called bury your gaze. Movies that fall into this category include Braveheart, Atomic Blonde, Cloud Atlas, Independence Day, Jennifer's Body, Land of the Dead, V for Vendetta, and a lot more. A UCLA professor looked into reviews of movies that were based on books which dealt with homosexuality. He only looked at movies that were produced between 1934 and 1962. I'm going to read a quote from what he said. There was very little comment on male homosexuality in the reviews of The Lost Weekend and Crossfire. That the films are based on novels in which homosexuality is the main motivation is mentioned only twice in 10 reviews. The New York Times noted that in The Lost Weekend, a writer's alcoholism is blamed on writer's block rather than, as in the novel, an unconscious indecision in his own masculine libido. And the Times briefly noted that in Crossfire, the motive for murder is actually changed from the victim's being homosexual to his being a Jew. At that point, the general consensus was that homosexuality was a and I quote, unsavory theme, which is why there was a general silence around it at the time. Funnily enough, the first on-screen use of the word gay to mean homosexual was in the 1938 movie Bringing Up Baby. Cary Grant's character is asked why he's dressed in a feathery housecoat, and he responds, because I just went gay all of a sudden. An early example of homosexual characters being portrayed as villains can then be seen in The Maltese Falcon, a 1941 film. In the book, the bad guy Joel is explicitly stated as being gay, but in the movie it's just overtly hinted at by making the character effeminate and him having a love of perfume. The two killers in Hitchcock's 1948 film Ropes are also heavily implied to be gay. 
Um, but towards the end of the Hayes Code, things did start to get through, particularly in international cinema with French or UK productions. An example of this is the 1961 British neo-noir suspense film Victim, directed by Basil Dearden and starring Dirk Bogard and Sylvia Sims. The movie followed a gay man as he uncovers a plot to blackmail several other gay men. Homosexual acts were still actually illegal at the time in the UK and would remain illegal until the Sexual Offences Act of 1967. So the movie was actually intended to comment on homophobia in Britain in a similar way to how Dearden's 1959 crime drama Sapphire had commented on racism in Britain. Here is what the British Board of Film Censors said of the film. To the great majority of cinema goers, homosexuality is outside their direct experience and is something which is shocking, distasteful and disgusting. This did lead to several scenes being removed from the film. Also in 1961, the Children Hour had a sympathetic lesbian character who went on to meet a tragic end, and we've already covered why that's a problem. Once the Hayes Code lifted, things did improve with movies like Boys in the Band. This was an adaptation of an off-Broadway play that featured multiple gay characters. In August 1975, the Rocky Horror Picture Show was released, but a common theme you'll probably start to notice now is that these movies are far and few between, but are also targeted towards a gay audience. But gay audiences don't exclusively watch movies featuring gay characters, and why should straight audiences feel threatened by the inclusion of gay lead characters? It wasn't until 2015 that an LGBT-themed movie really entered the mainstream, with Brokeback Mountain winning three Oscars. After that, we had to wait until Moonlight in 2016, uh, when an LGBT movie won the Oscar for, the be for Best Picture for the first time. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that there is no point pandering to a gay audience, because that audience alone isn't enough to sustain a film franchise, and it doesn't have to be. The world is filled with people of different ethnicities, sexual orientations, and backgrounds, and the media we watch should reflect that. So let's all just focus on Eternal's many, many flaws and be proud that a film studio is standing up for a minority group and refusing to erase them for countries that still marginalize and criminalize people over who they love. That is it from me. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, tune in at the same time next week. If you didn't, you know, still tune in. You never know. It might grow on you. My name is Adam O'Dwyer, you're listening to Note to Self on Ross FM. As always, I'm going to leave you with some music. Enjoy. Saturday morning, jumped out of bed, and put on my best suit, got in my car, raced like a jet, all the way to
You're tuned in to Note Self on Ross FM 94.6, presented by Adam O'Dwyer. Note Self is on the airways every Friday between 10 and 11 a.m. Tune in on rossfm.ie forward slash live. That's Note Self, presented by Adam O'Dwyer, on the airways every Friday between 10 and 11 a.m. Only on Ross FM 94.6.